Very show on Rock 1069. Good news. Every hour, 10 after each hour this morning, you get hooked up with a thousand dollars. We'll give you a keyword, you text it in, and you get money. We did this, I remember last year, right around this, uh, right around this week, Fantone, you and I were discussing that if you host Thanksgiving dinner at your home, that that cost about twelve hundred dollars. I remember it being between seven fifty and twelve hundred dollars is what it costs to host Thanksgiving dinner at your house. All in when you consider like you know the turkey and the, like all the sides and then the cleaning supplies, all that stuff. It's like twelve hundred bucks. I think at this point people are like, dude, I'm not even going to text. I'm just not going to have Thanksgiving if that's what it's going to cost me. Screw that. Well, especially when like uh, again, a lot of the stuff that I saw for the rundown today is how to navigate political conversation at the dinner table over the holidays. Because what you're doing is you're having dinner with family that you love that you don't see often. Right. And a lot of them may feel different than you about those kinds of things. And I was like, wow, that is going to be difficult. Like, I don't have to do this for Thanksgiving, but I will for Christmas. Isn't it? Isn't there a point of it where it's just like, don't talk about that stuff? Yeah, There's but other stuff to talk about in the lower yeah, world? Well, Yes, but I think what happens is you start discussing other things in the world, and because politics has permeated everything in the world, that sooner or later you just get yourself down to talking about this. And like, there are people who just can't help it. Like, my brother is a person who cannot help it. He cannot help but talk about his political view. If 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 I were fi- if I find myself in situations like that because you're right inevitably it happens inevitably somebody oh you get like, enough people at dinner pokes and prods your way into it like from the most part I mean unless it's sitting there at the dinner table but even then for the most part I'm walking away from stuff I'm like dude I don't listen I love you I I, I appreciate you I'm glad that you're here on Thanksgiving but there's no way on earth that I'm going to sit here and start screaming about guns at each other right now I do that every single morning I will <laughs> see that's just it I already have anxiety about going to my brother's for Christmas. Like, I want to see my brother, I want to see my mother and my niece and, you know, my sister-in-law, who I love dearly, and, I, uh, I, and I'm excited to see all those people. And it will be fun. I haven't been back there since moving back home, so it, it's been years now since I've seen everyone. But I know by the time the mashed potatoes go around the table twice, my brother will be in on something. And I'm going to have to, and I thought, I've been thinking for like, oh, since I booked the flight, I've been thinking about like, well, how do you, how do you, you remove yourself from this situation? And so far, the best idea I have is to simply calmly say, I do this for a living. I have to talk about this all the time for a living. I am on my vacation and I chose to spend my vacation flying here to see all of you instead of going to the beach and the ocean right. to, to spend Christmas alone and playing golf. I chose not to be selfish because I was going to go do like an all-inclusive like golf vacation for Christmas somewhere in the Caribbean or whatever I was looking at. And I was like, all right, well, I'll go do that. And I was like, ah, that's kind of selfish. Go see your family. And so I think that that's the best answer I have so far, fans. I would just be like, you know what? No, I chose willingly to come here. I'm not engaging in this. I will placate people. I will sit there and be like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, like totally really? not agreeing with them. Yeah, because See, no, because I don't want to have to listen to it. It's not that important. Wait, the, the thing that's going to get you, if you just say, yes, I agree with you, most people are going to be like, all right, well, and then I wanted to say this too. And you're like, okay, all right, that's fine. And then eventually they're going to lose steam because it's like there's nobody there. There's nothing pushing them back. As soon as you push back on them, as soon as you give them a little bit of that, and there's a little bit of like, well, you should be willing to have the debate. And like, no, I'm not willing to have the not debate over right Christmas now. dinner. And I'm not willing to, I don't care if I change your mind or not. You know what I mean? Like, I genuinely don't. You are your own person. You've lived your own life. It's yeah, different fair. than me. I'm not here. I'm not here to make believers out of atheists. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. The, the, the hard thing there, and, and I think that that's pretty solid advice for most people. The problem there, though, is, 
is that my brother listens to the podcast. He knows what my opinions are. And so, like, what he'll do is he'll bring up a subject of conversation that you and I have already had where he God. knows what God. I think and knows what I think. So if I and, – and, and I'm telling you, uh, by the time, by the second time the mashed potatoes go around the table, he's going to be in on me on something. I, uh, I think another way where you can at least squirm out of certain situations is just by keep asking questions. I feel like anytime I deal with somebody who's – whether they're politically aligned with me or not um, – Most they, people don't have all the answers. And they want to talk about themselves and their own thoughts on it. So it's like, oh, is that how you feel about that? And then all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, oh, that's how I feel about that. As a matter of fact, Stan's – I don't know why your brother calls you Stansberry, but like, matter of fact, Stansberry, you know, get off and he'll do his thing and, you know, it'll move on. I, um, I, 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 like I said, I, I, my family pretty decent about not doing things like that, especially in like a, like a, like a holiday situation. If it was me and my brother talking to each other, that's one thing. Right. But in like, in like a, well, dude, mom's over there cutting up the ham and dad's, you know, handing out, you know. Well, it might go down like that for me though. Like my brother might go, you know what? My daughter's at the table. Yeah. And so like this, but what will happen eventually is we'll, because they live in Vegas. And so like after, after dinner, we'll go out to the patio and we'll sit by the pool and we'll have a couple of cigars and probably a glass of scotch. And we'll sit there and we'll talk about dad for a couple of minutes. And how do you think dad would have felt about what's going on with oh, this? Geez. And then, well, I got to tell you, you're right. My brother will call me Sanford. And I got to tell you, and he'll be, he'll be in on me on my, you know, and your liberal ideology. And I can already hear him, dude. I can already hear him. I, I, I and I like. I guess I just to me, it's just what. What are you, are you going to convert me right now, David? Like, is that what's going to happen? Like, right. Neither this, one of us are walking right. on that pool, David. So, so what are what are we doing right now? <laughs> we're, we're gonna be fine. Let's just drink this scotch. How have you been, buddy? Uh pretty good, man. Pretty good. Nothing really going on yesterday, other than uh, finally watched uh, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs TLC from WWE. Uh, is that I was, dude? Yesterday, dude, because somebody <laughs> asked me about this wrestling stupid stuff, and I was like, what the hell does TLC? Stand for. I'm going to call it half a turd yesterday. There was some wow. good stuff. Um, it, well, two of the guys got sick, Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt. Some sort of viral infection. I heard it was the mumps, but I don't know if that's true or not. I would have guessed VD. <laughs> but, 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 but nonetheless, they had to make some last minute changes. Um, so I thought that was decent. Other than that, though, man, I was kind of a waste of a person yesterday. Me too. I feel like I was kind of like blown out from the weekend, so I took a nap and like didn't really do anything. My girlfriend came home, and she was like, what did you do all day? And I was like, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. So, I worked Worked in the morning, by the way. Just because, yeah, no, I I was the same exact way. Like I was a little worn out from the weekend working too much, and then like uh, yesterday when I saw it was just going to rain all afternoon, I was like, all right, well, there's no golf in the forecast, obviously. So I just and I just laid around. Next thing I know, I woke up (laughs) three hours later on the couch, and I was like, oh my god, like I just totally fell asleep in the middle of the day. Yeah, I took a really nice uh, nap. I was up a little later. Last night, obviously, because of that, but I still feel pretty good. Although I woke up today with one of those like weird sinus headaches where it just feels like no matter what, I've already taken all the ibuprofen, I've, right. done, I've drank all the water, I've right. done all the things, and uh, no matter what, it's just I just feel like the front part of my face is like caving in because of all the pressure. My head is just pounding. Um, and but that's my problem, and we're gonna, we're, we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get rid of some of your problems by hooking you up with this thousand dollars right now. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. Rock 106.9. He's hanging out with him. Rock 106.9.
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we have New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. You're getting brand new Bush, new John Party, and then there's, a, there's I don't know if it's a rap rock group that Fantone found. They're called Dankrupt. I think they're like rap, rock, reggae. The three oh. R's? Then I'm sure to love it. Oh, it's going to be great. Sandsbury, you're going to love it. Dankrupt is the name of that group, and their song is called California Every Day. Isn't that like the opposite of what you'd want to be like promoting? That's what I thought. If you're a weed head, don't yeah. you want to be dankful? Yeah. Yeah, dankful. That makes much more stuff. Since Thanksgiving, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? That makes sense. You're dankrupt. You were you without the dank. Scraping that pipe, man. Just, right? just trying desperately. If you're Hit- bankrupt, you're without the bank. Hitting up everyone you got. Are we reading too much into the name of... <laughs> no, when you, name your, when you name your band something ridiculous like that, people are going to read into it. Dankrupt. Yeah, I mean, what would the Red Hot Chili Peppers think? <laughs> Should name your band something ridiculous. You know, people ask me all the time, what would you do if you weren't doing radio for a living? And I always say, I don't know, probably selling cigarettes at Speedway. Like, <laughs> honestly, like probably that's probably exactly what I would be doing. Like, I don't know what I would do. I don't have a lot of interests outside of this. I don't. Um, like, I, when people tell me what they do, I find it interesting. I'm not sure I would find it interesting for me to do it. Do you think you would just find yourself in a job you hated? It wouldn't. Yes. You, you would have never had a career calling if it wasn't for this. You know, I would. Yeah, I would be stuck in something I absolutely loathed. And would probably not be very good at it because I didn't enjoy it. Like I'm, I'm one of those. Pe- most people are better at things that they enjoy. Yeah. But I really yeah. am one of those people. Like if I'm good, if if I enjoy something, I really want to get better at it. Vast majority of people not in that situation. Right. More than vast. I mean, like 99 percent of people not in that situation. It's just the way it is. But there's a job that I would not want. Okay. And it's being a cop. I respect the hell out of cops. I try to get their backs when I can. And uh, now when they're wrong, they're wrong. And, and and we'll call that out. But I try to get their back when they can because it's just a job that I've had friends who have done it. And so I've seen a little bit closer to it than maybe some people have. And it just, the uncertainty of what was going to be in my day every day would make me nuts. Yeah, really like, tough job. There's uncertainty in this a little bit in the sense of like, well, I wonder how that conversation is going to go. Or, yeah, probably said sperm too many times. Or like, hey, maybe like, you know what I mean? Like right. here or there, right? And so like there's uncertainty of what it is. But pretty much last night when I went to bed, I could say to somebody, yeah, this is how this is going to go. We'll do this around here. We'll talk about Joe Thomas here. We'll talk about, you know, Dwayne Wade coming off the bench here. And then New Tour Tuesday will start. I could pretty much eyeball it and tell you what's how my day was going to go. And at the end of the day, does the content change a little bit from day to day? Yes. Sometimes we're talking about the National Anthem. Other times we're talking about bong grips. Other times we're talking about some sex thing and all these different things. But for the There's most balance. part, well, but for the most part, like content aside, our day-to-day operations is the same. Same like, job. What we do, what we, how it works, how we go into it. With a cop, definitely not that way. Stop to stop, it could be completely different. Right. And a cop in Oklahoma found that out right. as a motorist was speeding. So the cop pulls over John Wayne Kellerman, 54. Okay. Gets up to the window of the car, realizes that Mr. John Wayne Kellerman was wearing only a bikini thong covering the genitals, and he had Vaseline Fantone covering his hands, upper, and lower body parts. <laughs> So Daryl Beebe, the deputy, reported ob- 
observing an open jar of Vaseline that was nearly empty. And there was a pornographic magazine in the passenger seat. Okay. Kellerman, nervous at this point because he's been pulled over. Yeah. He's sitting there in a, um, in a green thong and like like lathered up in Vaseline. Anytime a cop pulls you over, you're going to be a little oh, God, nervous. Yeah. Every I mean, time it happens. Even even if I have nothing to worry about, I'm still a little nervous. But yes, this guy is definitely going to be a little concerned. So hands shaking, voice trembling, that whole thing when you're a little nervous talking to the law enforcement there. Okay. So Kellerman handed his ID card to the cop. Of course, it's like soaked in Vaseline now because his hands are soaked in Vaseline. Everything's right? soaked in Vaseline. Right. So the cop asks him flat out, yo, man, were you masturbating behind the wheel of the car? And the guy cops to it. He's like, yeah, which they call autoeroticism. And right. I didn't know it had a name, but I, of course, yeah, it probably does. Yeah, I mean, just like any other kind of weird sexual thing, there's some subculture to it. And I guess I understand why that would be different than just masturbating at home. You feel like there's different danger to it. Well, dude, if I'm not allowed to text and drive. Well, no, it's not a good idea. I'm not <laughs> saying, like, I mean. no, get out there and just go, yeah, right, distracted driving is dangerous. But I understand why it would be a little bit more appealing to, you know. So now the cop's got, like, Vaseline all over his fingers Ugh. from holding the ID. So Gross. Kellerman, the guy, you, got, you know, the guy that gets pulled over, offers him a rag from the car <laughs> to wipe his ass off, but the cop is like, uh, you know what? I'm probably not going to touch the rag from no. the front seat of the car from where the pornographic magazine and the Vaseline is. No. God, that would be, honestly, t- again, terrifying, because Vaseline, a similar consistency there. Oh. And so I'd be worried about that. Uh, of course. Everything in that car is tainted at that point. Like, literally, everything in that car has bodily fluids on it, All in over my opinion. It. Everywhere. So, obviously, the guy gets arrested. So, they find out, through the arrest, his his driver's license, Fantone, has not been valid since 1985. He spent the last, or most of, the, tw- the past 27 years in a state prison on assortment of charges, including narcotics possession, domestic assault, auto theft, burglary, and escape from confinement. He was arraigned Thursday for speeding and driving with a revoked license and freed on $1,000 bond. What? What? I can't believe that that's, that, that, that that's it in the story. I can't believe that there wasn't drugs in there. I can't believe there wasn't, like, you know, a victim tied up in the trunk or something like that. The fact that there wasn't more to this, I guess, kind of maybe proof that the system works, dude. Just lube it up and go drive it. They get, <laughs> they get the car back to, like, the impound lot, and they start searching it. Yeah. And uh, they note that the driver's area in the vehicle was extremely greasy due, due to Vaseline. I'm just, like, here's the thing. I'm going to have part of my days today is not going to be great, but I don't have to like bear hug a, a, like a lubed up Vaseline man and get him in the back of the car. I'm sorry, dude. Cops have a tough job. Like imagine, because that wasn't like the end of the guy's day. Like, I, no. dude, if that if that happened to you today at your job, you'd be like, "All right, dude, I'm going home." Yeah, no question about it. I'm walking out the door. See you guys later. But thirty no. seconds after that, that dude had to like go like bust a meth hooker. That's a tough, tough gig, man. I don't want any any part of that whatsoever. I got bad news for Browns fans. It just keeps piling on. We'll explain next on Rock 106. 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Coming up at 710, your next opportunity to score yourself a thousand bucks. Think about that, man. Holiday season coming right around the corner. You don't even have to sweat it. No matter what your kid wants. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. You want a Nintendo Switch? Done. PS4? Yeah, we'll get you one of those too. You'll be able to get your kid whatever he wants. Thousand bucks up for grabs. 710. Your kid just might ask for a thousand bucks. Like, what do you want for Christmas? A thousand dollars. 
All right, don't give them all the money. No, you shouldn't. But whatever the big gift is this year, I don't know what it is. I'm sure there'll be some talking thing or this or that or fidget spinner or this or something. But whatever it is, you'll be able to afford it because you're getting $1,000 at 710. I saw this yesterday, and don't get me wrong, they're awesome and they're very good. And I'm a food fanatic. But I can't believe people are this excited about Tim Hortons expanding into Northeast Ohio. Like, they're good. Tim Hortons is absolutely really good. I mean, it's really all right. Like, it's donuts and coffee. Like, people need to calm down. Like, it's not that exciting. I uh, I mean, it was one of those things when we would go to Canada, I'd be like, all right, well, yeah, let's go because you can't get it here. Right. And so, like, you like it. But I, I, I think, yeah, I think once they're open for three months, you're going to be like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tim Hortons... It's it's kind of like Dunkin' Donuts. Um, they got good breakfast sandwiches, though. I feel like they're all right. I mean, like it's a bacon and egg and cheese on a biscuit and a hash brown, and it's not like it's not. I'm telling you right now, people are gonna be like, "All right, we got to go do it." It's not gonna reinvent the world. It's not gonna change the way you play the game. Like you look at a breakfast sandwich anywhere. McDonald's got them. BK's got them. Dude, Sheets has them. Oh, and they're delicious at Sheets. I dude, I'll tell you right now, if you're offering me. If you're offering me Sheets coffee versus Tim Hortons coffee, I'm going Sheets. If you're offering me Sheets food versus Tim Hortons food, I'm going I'm going Sheets there. Sheets is hard to beat. I I, I mean I'm a huge fan, and so it is hard to beat. Although I, I will tell you, the one problem I have with their coffee yeah. is you you go to the machine and then you got to walk to the other end of the store uh, to get the milk. Like, dude, just give me the coffee yeah. thing at one place. What am I doing laps around Sheets for the, sugar? The one on uh, what is that Pittsburgh? There is a little bit set up, a little bit funny, but it's still quality product right there. I agree with you though. Tim Hortons not nearly as exciting as people making it. It's out gonna. To. I'm gonna go. And I, and I will like it. I like their coffee. Their donuts are good. Like, I like it. It's perfect for old people. Like, if you're the kind of person who's like, well, I'll just have half of a ham sandwich on a croissant and a soup, then you're going to go and you're going to enjoy it. But, like, it's 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 not even, like, at least with Panera, they, like, try to fancy everything up. They try to, and they charge a lot for it. But I was going to say. But at least there's that level of, like, fleece you. it's not just like, hey, it's a turkey sandwich. It's an avocado turkey BLT. No, that is true. You know yeah. what I mean? You get a little ambiance in your food with right. with Tim Hortons yo it's just half of a chicken salad sandwich on some white bread like here you go and it, it, I guess it's a little bit cheaper but at the same time not as good as people are making it I mean the coffee's really good but I mean I mean you can get good coffee everywhere now. right right yeah, I, uh, I'm excited about it don't get me wrong but it was like the, the amount of people flipping their lid I mean you've been able to get this stuff in Toledo and Detroit yeah, and all that stuff yeah. for a while now so yeah when like, I lived in Michigan it was very commonplace yeah. and like the Timbits and they think like oh they're Timbits and it's like no dummy there's donut holes they're not any different <laughs> there's little donut holes oh they're Timbits like, okay, I guess. I mean, donut holes, same thing there. I got bad news for Browns fans. What is it? Is I it got your Browns fans? Uh, I got. <laughs> there it is. End of the story. I got bad news. So the worst is true about Joe Thomas. He's out for the year. And even if he weren't, I think you keep him off the field for the rest of the year because what are you saving? You're 0-7. You're not saving anything, right? And so they asked him, are you done playing football? And he said, you know what? I don't know. I think that's a decision that's best made or best to be talked about in the offseason. Thomas, 32, pro bowler. I I think he's done, right? I mean, I, I don't know how, if you're Joe Thomas, do you go, you know what? I played 10 consecutive years in, set, in six games without injury for a team that I'm the most important position to draft to protect your quarterback. And in 10 years, they haven't been able to find me a guy who can consistently throw a football. Why the hell am I coming back to this organization? Dunn made my money. 
Most people considered me, outside of Fantone, most people considered me to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Made the money. You're not going to be a winner. So unless you're going to come back and get traded or go somewhere, try to win a ring at the end of your career, why in the hell would you go back to Berea and risk your body and concussion and everything else for the disaster that is the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, I I follow Joe Thomas on Twitter, and yesterday he seemed to be in pretty good spirits, all things considered, about this. Um, And I'm sure a part of the reason why he feels like he's in good spirits right now is because he's probably he probably has that weight off of his shoulders. He probably feels like, oh my god, dude, is this all done? Like, am I just gonna get to go? Live Fish out the rest my dad, of my life, yeah. right? Go do the go do the things I want to do, um, because you're right. For the most part, Joe Thomas. I mean, still a relatively healthy young man. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's got some sort of brain drama from from the decades of football, but at the same time, hasn't necessarily presented itself as such. Isn't like, hey, this guy's got a history of concussions. So you're right. Why on earth would you? rehab yourself. You go through this surgery. You're going to rehabilitate yourself. You're going to try to get yourself back to, you know, the top because it's, let's be real, it's not like Joe Thomas is a backup. He's going to want to continue to play at an elite level. He's not going to want to go in there and be a scrub. Right. So you're going to have to you're going to have to train yourself to be back back on the top of where you were and then it's going to be like I'm doing all this work. I'm putting forth all this effort. I'm 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 sacrificing all these things for, for the what? Cleveland Browns. For what? For the Cleveland Browns. Ten years straight I played for you. You couldn't find me not one decent quarterback in ten years. How much of that, though, is kind of on him in the sense of, like, dude, you were what? the one You were the one who continued to, to express that you wanted to be here. And if that's, what, if that's what it is, dude, is you just wanted to be that guy, well, God bless you, and I'm glad you were here, man. Um, but why, as Joe Thomas... Did you not push for that trade? Do you? Or okay, so so you think that there was a little bit of him not being authentic there and just looking to be the consummate professional? I don't. I don't know what his motivation was. I wish I could say like definitively. Did he? Did he really love Cleveland and love the Browns? Because here's the thing. I think there's a chance. Maybe you're right. Because he, just, he wanted to be that tried and true warrior. That because pair of jeans you wear every day. Andrew Luck does this a little bit. Where he'll well he'll get up there and just like get the back of the organization no matter what they do and it's like nah dude like they're letting you down right at some point you have to hold people accountable I don't want to say he's like making a murder of himself but a but little, a bit, little of, like, bit a little bit of like woe is me like oh but I'll be the guy who goes out there and does it and like a little bit of of it, was Joe Thomas happy being the small fish or the big fish in the small pond in the sense of best player on this team since 1999 if you go somewhere else any other franchise nobody talks about you right and nobody cares about you. nobody talks. I mean, at the most, you might have some enthusiasts talking about how great you are, but the the average fan base doesn't Doesn't care. care. Right. So, like, is there a little bit of, like, well, you're always the star here? You're always the guy here? I mean... I mean, it's hard to give up. I mean, dude, I I mean, I can tell you from experience, big fish, small ponds, not the worst life. I mean... It's pretty good. Why wouldn't you at some point, and I think the Browns should have done this two years ago, but why at some point in your career, when you're eight years deep in, and you know this team's not turning around, and you see this other rebuild, this new head coach coming in, why wouldn't you be like, guys, now's the time? I had said early on, why don't you go to Joe Thomas and say, look, you're a Wisconsin dude. And Aaron Rodgers needs offensive linemen. So we're going to trade you to the Packers, and we're going to, you know what I mean? Go get a ring with Aaron. Thanks for your service. You both go get a Super Bowl ring. You get to go back home to Wisconsin. I could, for the life of me, couldn't figure out why they weren't trying to make that deal. 
even even this year, as the trade deadline was looming closer, and Joe Thomas is always like wrapped up into those trade talks. But now, I mean, if he retires, if this is the end of his career, you literally got nothing out of a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, they're not going to get literally it. I mean, nothing. Yeah. Not one thing. No wins. No winning seasons. No no like no accolades on the field. You literally got nothing out of having a Hall of Famer, and like. I know it sounds counterproductive. Are you going to like, well, to get your team better, are you going to trade the best player on your team? Like, and it's who, like in, who inducts Joe Thomas into the Hall of Fame? Think about that. Who's going to do it? None of the coaches are, are, are worth nope. their weight nope. to stand up there and do that. Not a teammate. None, none of the teammates he's had are worth that. Who the hell inducts him into the Hall of Fame? I mean, what was it? Earlier this year, he was talking about how he didn't even know dudes' names on the team. He's like, dude, I've seen so many of these guys come and go. He didn't even know the names of his teammates. So, like, who? I don't know. I mean, who knows? Chev Roethlisberger do it. Somebody. I mean, honestly, it. Uh, I, I. I know the Joe. The Joe Thomas thing with me got into some hot takeville there, and I, I never mean to say the guy sucks. That's not what I'm saying. No, your thing is is that if you don't equate to wins, how can you be great? Right. If your greatness did not translate into victories for your team, were you truly that okay. great? All right. Hold on a second, because the math says right now. That Odell Beckham Jr. on or off the field does not equate to wins, but he is great. Uh, okay, and I, I understand there's a difference between it's not the Hall of Football, it's not the Hall of Fame for football teams, it's the Hall of Fame for football players. For players. For players. I understand there's a difference It's not a win-losses hall. I, I, I understand there's a difference there, but I will say that you, you still need to be able to translate your, your talents into something. And I'm sorry, but Joe Thomas has not been able to do that. Like, you just haven't been able to do it. I know it's hard to quantify it's, You're not linemen. wrong. It sounds to me like you're blaming, though, Joe Thomas for something that seems to me to be a Browns problem, not a Joe Thomas problem. And You're holding him accountable for what is a, I think is a Browns problem. Well, as, as as the cornerstone of that team, I think there needs to be some accountability there. Okay. If I can't put if I can't right. put uh, football follies onto football players, it's like, well, there's there's got to be something there. And I understand multiple assets of the game. You know, it's not always him. You know, doing these things, but still, uh, you you've been in the league for ten plus years and you haven't been able to be on a winner. And at some point, when do you say to yourself, I Joe Thomas need to address? that. I need to be the one who says, guys, you have to trade me to a competitor. This is not working for me. Take some accountability there, Joe. Wow. Jeez. I am getting in a hot take, Bill, there. Sorry. Yeah, a little Sorry, bit. Joe. I mean, not Sorry. totally, but you're, I mean, you're, you're definitely driving to the neighborhood of it. I know he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. There's no question about it. I'll be at the parade. I guarantee you I'll be on Cleveland Avenue. I'll be glad to wear my brown stuff. But he will go into the Professional Football Hall of Fame as the biggest loser in the history of that hall. In the history of it. I can't think of anybody who's lost more games who would be considered for the for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So Carson Wentz played last night. Yeah. 17 of 25, 268 oh, yards, geez. four touchdowns. <laughs> One pick. They passed on him. Now, again, full disclosure, I said I was okay passing on him because my theory was I don't want a $25 million quarterback and nobody else. And that's what we had. Now, it should be pointed out, Carson Wentz is on a playoff-caliber team, and he's a damn good quarterback. But coming out of college, he missed eight games at his nowhere school, and that, no, that school won all eight games without him. There wasn't enough knowledge. It wasn't like a Miles Garrett where you could see it coming a mile away. You had to instinctively know Carson was going to be Carson, and I can't knock a team for not knowing for sure, given what they had to go on. And I also have said this. That if the Browns drafted Carson Wentz, you go from being the Cleveland Browns to the Detroit Lions, which is an improvement, but you're not the Philadelphia Eagles. That's not what happens if he comes here. 
you look more like the Lions than you do the Eagles, which is an improvement. So I know as you're sitting there in your car going, who cares? I would be the Lions. I'm with you now. That was a mistake. They should have taken Carson Wentz. I was okay with it at the time because of saving the money and this and that, but looking back on it, that was an error. And I said this the other day about it. I'm allowed to make that mistake. I do mornings on a rock station. But if you're an NFL GM, you're not allowed to make those kind of mistakes, or at least you shouldn't be allowed. 710, your next opportunity at $1,000. We'll take care of your holiday shopping at 710 on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. And you're getting hooked up with $1,000 about five minutes from right now. Your next keyword heads your way. You text it in, and $1,000 is yours. It's pretty pretty convenient there. I would like $1,000 right now, to be honest with you. That would be helpful. I was uh, earlier this morning on the program. I was talking about how I was going to go to my brother's for for Christmas. I was going to go see the family. And uh, I had said, you know, that originally one of my ideas was I was going to go do like an all-inclusive thing and, uh, and play some golf near the ocean and do that. And I was like, all right, that's a little selfish around Christmas. Go see the family. So a listener of ours thought that they would be funny and sent me this article and said, is this where you were going to go for your all-inclusive trip? And it's this vacation spot known as the 1830 Stone Holiday. It's a Bahama resort that is so far seems to be catering to the UK crowd. But it's for obese people only. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. So you as an obese guest, you get wide chairs. Your bed is reinforced with steel. Oh, okay. And there's zero judgment at the pool, of course. Okay. And the buffet is obviously all you can eat. But I started thinking about this, and this is smart business. This is how people this is how people who have a lot of money get a lot of money. What they do is they find a hole in the marketplace and then fill it. And this was brilliant. As a guy, now I'm looking at these photos of these people, and you can see a video of this place. Actually, it's online for you at WRQK.com. Right? And I'm looking at it. And I'm not as heavy as these people. All right? But I am a heavy person. At least in my head, I feel as if I am. And I would have shame poolside on vacation. Like, there will definitely... Like, had I gone to the Bahamas or whatever for Christmas, I'd be sitting there going, well, I want to, but I shouldn't force these people to look at this. Swimming with the shirt on? You going in there, you jumping in the Nah, pool because on? that's worse. There, okay. There's a very good opportunity or uh, there's a very good chance, I'll, I'll say, that if you go in and you're heavy in the pool, that nowhere near as many people are looking at you as you think. You go in the pool with the shirt on, everybody's looking at the guy. It's like Jeez. nobody goes in the pool with the shirt on for any other reason other than the fact that you don't want to take your shirt off in the pool. Right, right. I mean, you can come up with whatever lie you want to, but That's a we bull, all know. You put a bullseye on you at that point. At a pool like that, there's going to be a million people. You're probably not even the fattest person there. Well, that's what I was going to say is at any of these places you go, I mean, it's it, dude, any of these resorts you go to, any vacation you go on, primarily, unless you're going somewhere that's like, you know, like buffing stuff, <laughs> like for the most part, it's just like, dude, it's just going to be you and a bunch of other fat. Americans, take your shirt off. Who cares? Right. I but I started thinking about this. I was like, maybe I would go to this because, dude, you're gonna be the hottest guy there. I was gonna say, would you be fat enough to get in? Are they gonna cut you off because you're not fat enough? 
Oh, I hope so. Are you being dis- well? I mean, are you being discriminated against? <laughs> Maybe I am. Line? Are you a victim? Oh my God, are you skinny shaming yeah, dude, me? You're being body shamed right now. I mean, maybe I'm being body shamed. Was right there a now. weight limit? Was there like a line in the sand that said like, "Yo, you have to be this fat"? And what if I'm a fat person enthusiast? What if I just love fat people and I want to go there and like marvel in all the fatness? Am I allowed to go? I don't. The custom-built resort features colorful sun lounges around Azure Blue Pool, all of which can take up to forty stone in weight. That must be a UK measurement yeah, thing. Yeah, hold on, let me find I, I don't know what the con- I don't know what the conversion of that is. They say the king size beds have been reinforced with steel bars to ensure those who sleep or get frisky won't worry about the bed collapsing. So a stone is fourteen pounds. So if we're talking about forty stone time fourteen, right? So yeah, I mean we're pretty uh, we're talking about a pretty big person. It does not give me here, at least in this written article. Jesus, dude! Like baselines. 40 stone is 560 pounds. So the bed can take 560. 560. Well, that's probably two fat people on it together. Is what they're but thinking. at that point, you don't have, that's not enough. That's not even close to enough, dude. You got three, you got couples out there that are three spins a piece. No problem, dude. I've seen them. I've seen them in that Walmart on dust, bro. Three spins a piece. That's not enough. They need to up those numbers, baby. They do. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, this is our first foray into this. I mean, maybe they're going to get better at it. I think, I think that you'll see, especially as we all continue to get fatter, because we're all doing it. I, me, you, and everyone else listening right now, um, you're going to see more stuff like this. You're going to see this in hotels. You're going to see this in um, the airline theaters, is where you need airlines. This. I mean, anywhere, anywhere that fat people are. And I mean, let's be real, they're out there. I mean, when do you see this in a restaurant? When do you see like super reinforced chairs? When does Golden Corral jump on board with this? Right? Like bigger booths. Don't jump on anything. <laughs> <laughs> at the Golden Corral. That's the last thing we need is that fan base jumping up and down. Don't need it. Let's get you guys hooked up with this thousand dollars. Right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text. WRQK.com. That's where you can see that video of that uh, that resort we were telling you about that is a vacation spot solely for the obese. Uh, the video is pretty interesting. I still think, dude, it might be worth going just so you could be the hottest person there. Although, then you're going to be stuck there for a week and realize, well, mate, this is a vacation I don't want to get laid on. Or maybe that's your thing, dude. You know what I'm saying? This could be just target-rich environment, prime real estate right there. I wonder, I mean, it's got to be all-you-can-eat, right? It's an all-inclusive Well, they resort. said, yeah, that there's an all-you-can-eat buffet. I wonder how, like, I wonder how that goes. I wonder if it's one of those things where there's people just there the sounds whole like, time. Sounds like an all-you-can-wait buffet, like, just waiting behind people like, Jesus Christ, come on, let's go. Nicole writes in and says, Stansberry, everybody's excited about Tim Hortons because it's dank. I used to live in Calcutta, Ohio, and I grew up in Erie, and we had Tim Hortons. Canton has Dunkin' everywhere, which is okay. She's like, I'll give you sheets, does have good breakfast, but Tim Hortons is delicious all around. Maple sticks, biscuit sandwiches, iced cappuccinos. And who the hell said a panini is boring? Turkey sandwich on white bread? I'm thinking that was her taking issue with you well, making fun of the panini. I'm telling you right now, dude, the, the Tim Hortons is kind of boring. You're going to go there and you're going to be like, oh... This was not everything it was promised to be. All those things are just all right. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, maple, maple sticks are good. Yeah, it doesn't suck. But you, I can go get one of Dunkin' Donuts literally two seconds away from here. I can go get one of Johnny's. Like, so a bu- yeah, that is true. Right? So a buddy of mine works at a. Um, his name's Esteban, and he works at a radio station in Montreal. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say over at Case Farms. I was <laughs> like, all right, tell us, Esteban, when you got going. And so Esteban had heard us a little bit this morning, and. He sent me this article that says, dude, Tim Hortons isn't, he's like, this is kind of like how Foster's is an Australian's favorite beer. 
He's like, Tim Hortons is no longer our favorite thing. He's like, America's all excited because they think we're you're getting our favorite thing. He's like, this isn't our favorite thing. Um, the thing I'll say about that is I'm sure Italians don't love pizza as much as we want them to. And General Sal's probably isn't even a thing over in China. But like, I mean, that doesn't that doesn't discourage our enthusiasm. I agree with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, here's no, what Canadians think. On a side note, watch that General So's. Um, oh, yeah. The documentary. The documentary on yeah, Netflix. It, it was ago. it was actually really, really good. I, I enjoyed that. Buddy, your Cavaliers have had a few. Uh, you've had an interesting 24 hours here. OK. We're out of Bay Village. J.R. Smith had been drinking alcohol prior to a traffic stop in Bay Village. He was accused of speeding. Now, the lieutenant, Calvin Holliday, said dispatch reports show Smith drank at some point prior to the stop, uh, but he did pass the field sobriety test. He was cited for willful or wanton disregard of safety. He was not charged with any form of intoxicated driving, Holliday said. Smith, who obviously, real name Earl Joseph Smith there, pleaded not guilty to the charge. Defensive attorney uh, has not returned a message seeking comment there. Holiday said the dispatch reports include a line that said the 32-year-old had uh, HBD, which is had been drinking. He said that the officers at the scene uh, asked for officers with specialized training and drug use recognition, but that, uh, but that no officer with that training was available, thinking maybe there's marijuana issues here, but we weren't able to get the drug officer out to the scene. Uh, to figure that out. He was unable to say why the officer suspected Smith of drinking or being under the influence of drugs, but he did say that the officers never made a full police report, but information could be on the police dash cam video. Cleveland.com asked for the video, and the police department thus far is denying release of that video. My guess is because they didn't believe him to be drunk or impaired, and uh, honestly, uh, releasing the video just honestly hurts a celebrity in J.R. Smith. I think they're actually looking to get his back there maybe a little bit. I, um, I, I know this all kind of sounds like it's something, but for the most part, everything we just said right there is... You're allowed to drink earlier in the day, right. get sober, and drive later. Right. You're allowed I mean, to do that. And if anything, I mean, I guess him saying that, like, yeah, I did this was, you know, an indication of him working with authorities and not trying to, like, pull one yeah, over. It doesn't sound like he was trying to get, like, you know, crazier with anything or nothing. And I understand why officers would automatically expect that, just because, well, I mean, he was speeding, like, I mean, excessively speeding in, like, a residential area, or... He a, had been... Go- Westlake Police first noticed, I, uh, noticed that uh, it was a Dodge Charger had sped through a construction zone at about 1.15 a.m. So, now listen, I, by no stretch of the imagination am I saying reckless driving is a smart thing to do, but it wasn't like this was like grossly irresponsible. It wasn't like this was like, oh my God, this guy just got a super dewy and almost killed a bus full of kids. I mean, he was speeding. What is J.R. Smith doing in the Dodge Charger? Um, I thought the same thing. I mean, maybe that's his bum around car. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that's his... Does he have an endorsement? I don't know. I wonder. I, 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 I don't know. I'm I mean, just saying, I mean, dude, they got baller money. Yes. I mean, uh, J.R. Smith, I mean, has plenty of money. A, a, a charger I, to you or I, they'd be like, yeah, dude, that's a pretty badass car. Sweet car. But uh, to J.R. Smith, I bet you that's just a, like, I mean, a, he's got Ferrari money. I bet you that's just a drive around town. I bet you that's a. Maybe so you don't get noticed as much. Right, right, right. Maybe it's like, you know what, dude, I play in Cleveland. And if I'm driving around Ferraris, people are going to be like, well, that's obviously somebody. Someone, right. It's not like you, li- you live in LA where it could be like an actor or Anybody, it could be anybody driving down the street because you just see them more there. Yeah, I uh, maybe that's what it is. I, I, I would assume that all those dudes have a car that they just drive. I and, would think and, so. And, dude, that's a nice enough car. That's like a powerful. Yeah, it's a great car. Where you, where you Nothing wrong so, you with know. it. It's just I, you know, when you got baller money, more money you make, more money you spend. I mean, it's not like he was like in a you know in a nineteen ninety two like Chevy Celebrity or something like Fair that. Point. You know what I mean? It was a pretty nice. Car Fair point. Had. And now on the flip side of this, I hear Jr. is back in the starting lineup. That now they're going to move Dwayne Wade back to the bench now. So what happened here? 
was this like, well, let's start Dwayne Wade, uh, you know what I mean, in the beginning of the season because he's Dwayne Wade and he's kind of earned it, but we all kind of know in the end this is the way this is going to go? Or what happened here? Um, I, I think really what happened here, and, and Scott from Winnie for next year was the first person to say this to me, and I've kind of ad- adopted it as, as one of the things I think about the Cavaliers, is this is 82 practices that they have in front of them. And as you started the season out with you know Isaiah Thomas being out and with, with you know all these new dudes moving into these new roles. I mean, I'm sure the coach was just kind of like, hey, let's get him out there. Let's see how it happens. Dwayne Wade, one of the best basketball players of all time. It's not like they took it's not like they took Matthew Delavadova and put him in there and was like, no, this is the thing that's going to work. They put one of the greatest of all time into a role and wanted to see what was going to happen there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not egregious what they did there. So essentially what they're looking for Dwayne Wade to come off the bench and then run the second unit, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's really the best way to go about it is Dwayne Wade is a player that's used to running all Offenses that's used to being the the uh, the catalyst of a lot of stuff that happens out on the floor. Where I think JR, this is a better fit. Where J.R. Smith is much more used to playing that role. Where it's like, so if you put Wade in with the other playmakers, with you know, at this point, Derrick Rose, LeBron, those guys, all of a sudden, there's t- there's too many playmakers and not enough ball See, out there. So uh, d- when we say he's going to run the two second unit, then so I'm assuming this also means LeBron will not be on the floor as much, right? Probably um, still a little because he's LeBron James. Yeah, it'll be a buffer zone. It'll just be it'll just be when they rotate in. It'll probably be Wade will be the first guy off of the bench. It doesn't necessarily mean he's bringing LeBron out. It's just going to be Wade off of the bench right away. See, because I kind of like the move because I think that's good because of who he is. There's leadership on the floor when maybe LeBron won't be. And when and and and, and, and you know and whether this is the Warriors we're talking about or the rest of the NBA that we're which we will about, talk about the Warriors coming up at eight o'clock. By the way, when 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 that second unit goes out and it's Sean Livingston coming off the bench versus Dwayne Wade coming off the bench, there you have that mismatch. There you have that advantage. There you have that opportunity to you know you know. It, narrow down the ground between the two teams. So, no, it makes all the sense in the world. And the thing is, is like people were all like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this happened. First of all, it was three games that the guy started. Like, it's not like this was like, it's not like it's not like someone took the ball away from Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's not like the Lakers took the ball away from Kobe. The report I read said he went to Ty Lue and said, look, man, I think maybe we should change this and put Jr. back in the starting role. Which is a great sign of the ego in that room, because let's be real. One of the concerns of the Cavaliers this year has been, you know, you're bringing all these new dudes in former MVPs, former champions. How are they going to be able to put it all together? Well, Dwayne Wade took veterans minimum and he decided that, you know, hey, I will I will reduce my role to make this sacrifice. For One you. more title so is like, what he's thinking. So that's that's what that's what he's screaming. No no reason to not be optimistic about that. And the thing is is that this will change again. There will be another like huge change that happens within the Cavaliers starting lineup and it'll probably happen multiple times. Do you dude. think JR was more upset about this in the beginning than he was letting on? Do you think there was a little bit of like, Jesus, LeBron, I get that he's your best friend, so you're going to make this call, but everybody uh, else knows this isn't what should happen? Uh, no, because I think JR probably has a close enough relationship with him to know that, like, yeah, dude, this is going to happen in the beginning. I do think LeBron had something to do with it. I, I oh, mean, for sure he did. It's, it's like everything else. I'm sure if nothing else, LeBron said, okay, we'll give it a shot. You're you're insane if you don't run stuff by LeBron right. James. Like, yeah, and I mean, I don't want him necessarily coaching the team, and I think he's got more of a role than most players do and probably should. Stars right. get special treatment. 
Welcome to welcome to celebrity. When, when things happen on the Patriots, Tom Brady's in the meetings. I'm telling you that right now. Like it's not like we're just like, oh, we're gonna do this, Tom. Maybe we'll tell you. If about they're it thinking later. about bringing a receiver in, they he, say to Brady, "What do you think about that?" He's a part of the equation yeah. as he should be. Tom Brady can go up there and audible when he wants to because I would agree. You've earned that. You 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 was established yourself as somebody who's 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 capable of doing that. Um, no, I don't think J.R. Smith was upset about this because I think he knew that like, dude, these are 82 practices we have in front of us and things are going to change. And, and the game's going to go and up and what's, down. And what's going on right now isn't necessarily what's going to matter in June. Um, if, if if they end up trading that Brooklyn pick, if they end up trading for um uh, for Eric Bledsoe, like there's, there's still a ton of potential. And when Isaiah Thomas comes back into the rotation, all of a sudden everything the starters now will radically change four months from now. So it's like you just you, you can't get caught up on, on October basketball. One of the things that we we didn't get into yesterday, and I was actually a little surprised about it, was the Kyrie Irving thing. Because Kyrie Irving obviously uh, you know, ends up with the Boston Celtics. Right. And now he's been fined $25,000 by the league because right. apparently he was walking through the tunnel and somebody yelled something at him. I don't even remember what the quote was, but his answer was, you know, suck my, and you can pretty much fill out the blank from there. Somebody yelled, yo, Kyrie, where's LeBron at? Oh, yeah, that's what it where's was. LeBron? Well, in Cleveland, I play in Boston now. And uh, so he screamed that back. And people are making um, the assessments, and I think it's probably truer than not that you're starting to see some cracks in the armor of Kyrie Irving of, oh, no, what did I do? Especially now with Gordon Hayward going down. Right. Because now everything on the Boston Celtics roster is on Kyrie Irving. And that's like, what he wanted. Everything. I mean, that's what he wanted. It is. But, but again, this may be a be very careful what you wish for type situation because now he's got it, and look, he's three games, four games into it or <laughs> Whatever. One person says something walking through a tunnel, and you can't like hold yourself back. I mean, and that's the thing. Dude, it's regret, is, right? You're, you're a pro athlete, and you have that happen to you every single day. It's not like that guy yelled something like vulgar. I mean, I guess if somebody yells something vulgar and like makes you cross a line, you're like, oh my god, about your mom or your dad, right. sister, go racial. Right. Then I get it. But every arena in the league is going to ask you about LeBron hey, James, LBJ, man. right? Every every arena in the league, and if you can't take this this early on, man, I got to tell you, I think it is a sign that maybe Kyrie Irving regrets what he did. And I would. I mean, <laughs> I mean, dude, Kyrie, do what you want. You're a grown man. Go where you want. Play where you want. It's all on you. Do whatever you feel like. But at the end of the day, uh, dude, you left something that was pretty damn good. And I think we're starting to see cracks in that. So Halloween right around the corner. And I'm sure you've already bought your kid their their costume. Okay. You may even have the candy for the bowl. Okay. You may have already planned your party, got the spooky punch, all of it. But you forgot to do something for Halloween, and it might be the most important thing you do for the holiday. And I'll tell you what it is and how to fix it next on Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. Still to come at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new music by, the, uh, by Bush. We'll give you some new Bush. We'll give you some new John Party. And uh, a band I've never heard of called Dankrupt. And their song is called California Every Day. All right. If you would like to be featured on a future episode of New Tour Tuesday, you're in a band, singer, songwriter, rapper even, send me your stuff, stansbrayWRQK.com. Include a short little bio. Make sure the song is radio edited. I'm not going to do legwork for you. No, we're not going to do anything for you, actually. Not going to happen. So I have talked at... at length, probably, about my parents' resistance to the Halloween holiday. Yeah. I have. Uh, I was not allowed to partake in Halloween. My, I grew up, my father was a minister, for those of you that don't know, and I grew up in the 80s, where religion got kind of weird, and it got kind of like everything's the devil. 
right? Religion has always been weird, but with that, with the the censorship issues and the '80s, and I think that that form of music that was just coming out at that time, there was well, yeah, there was pentagrams on top on. of album covers right. and stuff. So like, there, 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 everybody had like the perfect enemy there, and. My father, and I maintain this, uh, you know, to be true, is that there's sometimes he made decisions for our household, not because of what he legitimately thought, but because of what the congregation may have walked away thinking. Sometimes you got to walk a fine line to, you know, that's his customer base and you got to play to your base. Yeah. I mean, for as much as we make decisions based on the audience here, there's sometimes we make decisions based on the advertisers, Mm -hmm. too. And you kind of have to know where to balance. Happened this very morning, as a matter of fact, I was like, yeah, probably not the best idea to get into that. Right. So I believe that my father was probably more even tempered than he may have come off to me as a child sometimes, but was protecting his brand. I mean, you got to think about the expectations and like the pressure of that. And like, I think any family kind of feels or most decent families feel the responsibility of like, well, I don't want the Joneses talking about us. But then you throw in the fact that he's like a spiritual leader in the community. Right. How are you going to tell me how to do this when your kids out there dressed like Satan going to this? Right. right. And so it was just one of those weird things. And so like every year on uh, on Thanksgiving, Halloween, I I feel like it's Thanksgiving because people are just giving you food for free. And what they would do is they would take my brother and I out to dinner. And then occasionally we would then go to like Toys R Us and we'd get like one thing versus because they could feel like the we're removing our kids from like the activity and their friends and they're being sectioned out and kids are mean and they're obviously so let's combat this in another way. Yeah, I was going to say there's no way at school you guys weren't looked at as weird. Oh, totally weird. I remember. We actually went near where my grandmother lived, which was Maple Heights, and right. we were at we were at the McDonald's right there, right off of Raymond Avenue. And I remember it was being Halloween, and it started to get a little bit dark. And there I was in the booth eating dinner with my family, and there were just kids going by the window in their costumes, and I just felt awful. I just wanted to be there, and I wanted to be dressed up and doing things weird, like and just doing that so bad, but I wasn't allowed. Just teardrops on his chicken nuggets. Dumping the nuggets <laughs> in the tears, actually. <laughs> I got to soften them up like Joey Chestnut. Just get them in there. You can get them all in your mouth there. But now later in life i don't do the costume thing like it just i just be it's like i didn't get the taste for it as a kid or something and so it just makes me uncomfortable to be in a costume now i um i'm not pro or anti costume but i have a party that i'm supposed to be going to this weekend that's a costume party and i do not want to go through it all i don't want to put it on i don't want to like go buy it i don't want to go like make it happen so what are you thinking about me i don't know something something easy me and my girlfriend were talking about like well do you want to try to be like calves or something and we can go out as lebron and Dwayne Wade or something something or like i just want it to be easy dude bro do me a solid yeah no blackface well no i'm not gonna paint myself okay i'm just lebron jersey i'm just bro i'm just lebron jersey and say you're lbj there i'm just saying okay i just feel like that goes negative for both of us if you're caught in blackface somewhere front page of the canton repository (laughs) that's not gonna be good no it will not that will not be good all right so one of the reasons my parents were Resistant to Halloween also was, I'm sending my kid into the street to go knock on strangers' doors. Yeah, yeah. Well. You know what I mean? And, and any other day, if you just started walking around the neighborhood knocking on doors, asking for people for things, like your parents would be like, what the hell's the matter with you? Yeah. So like that was part of my parents' you know, opposition to it. And I always thought that this was like mass hysteria type stuff. Like, what are you so worried about? What the hell's going to happen? But now I get this. 
and they suggest that all parents do this before Halloween, and I think it makes all the sense in the world. With trick-or-treating on everybody's mind, you got to realize that some of the people who live near you are criminals, and that there might be sex offenders living near you. Jeez. So they recommend that parents, you know, parents, before sending your kids out for Halloween, that you search the Ohio Sex Offender Registry to see where people might live, and you know what? Maybe let's skip these addresses. And I think it's probably a really good idea. So I pulled it up. Actually, I posted the registry at facebook.com slash Stansbury Show, so you can check it for yourselves there. But I pulled this up, okay? And I have it here. So I'm going to put my address in here, which I'm not going to give you, obviously. But I live downtown Canton, Ohio. And I... It starts out, you can check a half a mile. So within a half a mile of me, Fantone, I found six offenders in four different locations. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot. Six and a half a mile, that doesn't sound like that many. No, especially when you consider the dangerous area that you live in, the the wild, wild west of Canton, Ohio. Yeah, I mean, dude, people overstate how dangerous my neighborhood is. I, I'm Honestly, I'm more afraid of the women who live in my neighborhood than the men. Like, I'll be honest with you. I don't think there's anything to fear where I live. Okay, so then I, let's expand this. I figure let's, okay, for a half a mile, I found six offenders, right? So let's open this up to two miles because I don't think it's crazy to think that your kid could cover two miles where the house is on Halloween night. Yeah, I mean, you're running around with your friends, going from house to house. You quickly like, kind of lose track of two where miles you are. Is easy. Two miles is yeah. doable. Especially as a kid because you don't get tired and you're doable. just like, plus you got candy, you're all sugared out. So when I open this up to two miles from my, my address downtown, I now have 167 offenders in 143 different locations. Now, this thing will also tell you what they did, when it was, the the tier of sex offender they are. It will explain to you what the tiers are. I don't have enough time in here to break down all this information for you. But if you're sending your kids out for Halloween, I would absolutely look at this and map out, like, this is where you can go and this is where you can't. Yeah, that's reasonable. It's not crazy, right? No, it's not. I I don't think I'm crazy. No. I guess when you live somewhere, you really don't have much option of who your neighbors are, and of course something could happen. You know, for sure it could. it's not like those sex offenders aren't like you know what my na- my name and my 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 address is on this list. I'm just gonna go sit out on the porch next to it, and if your kid wanted to get gra- you know if I want to grab your kid, I'm gonna do it. But still, having somewhat of a knowledge here could work. I mean, again, this site will give you the tiers of sex offenders, what the crimes under those tiers are punishment for them they'll give you the addresses now i only searched home addresses near me i didn't also you can also search home and work addresses near you depending on where you live now i got a lot of industry near me i got a lot of businesses near me a lot of factories and that kind of stuff like down that street so like i would imagine if i open this up to work addresses it's probably going to double so let's so 167 in two miles the furthest it will let me search is five miles so when I open this up to five miles from my home address, I now have 318 sex offenders in 275 locations near my, near my apartment where I live. If you want to check this out for yourself, I've posted the link, facebook.com slash That's where you can see that. Phantom, we're going to get somebody hooked up with $1,000, and we're also going to let people know that Steph Curry got a fine for something JR would have been kicked out of the league for. We'll give you all that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock 6-9.
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Uh, I have a reminder here for you. This coming Saturday, Rock 106.9 will be at TD's Tailgate Grill on West Tusk from 11 to 1 that morning for the McKinley-Maslin Party. That will be hosted by yours truly, me. And you can pregame or watch the game live at the Tusk location starting at 2 o'clock. We're going to do $2 Coors Light Pints from 11 to 1 during the pre-party. So stop by, see me, grab a $2 Coors Light Pint from 11 to 1 this Saturday for the McKinley Maslin. Yeah, I can't believe it's already Bulldogs versus Tigers time, but... As a matter of fact, coming up at 8.45, we have a story out of that coming out of uh, the Maslin High School there where uh, some school spirit went just a little too far. We'll get into that around 8.45. I saw this, and I figured you would have a very interesting take on this, Fantone, because I believe Steph Curry is one of these guys that can kind of get away with what he wants because he doesn't look the way LeBron looks. Okay. He doesn't look like, oh my God, I'd be afraid to run into that dude in a dark alley. Okay. And Steph Curry apparently was upset over a non-call on a foul the other night where he threw his mouthpiece in the direction of an official during their 111-101 to loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, you remember, Steph Curry once threw his mouthpiece before, I believe it was in the NBA Finals, was it not? Correct. And so this is not the first time he's done this. And so everybody assumed suspension's coming. Suspension's coming. Yeah, I mean, number one, it's a repeated behavior. Number two, it's an official that was victimized there. You know what I mean? And now listen, I'm not saying that it's the same thing as being like, you know, shot, but so at the, the same time, I mean, the victim was on the receiving end of that, and you can't do that. You can't touch not officials. You can't... You no, no, no. Right. You gotta leave the roughs out. Right. Right? So then after the game, then his coach, Steve Kerr, says, oh yeah, no, it was it was vicious. He should, he should probably be suspended 10 games. I'm paraphrasing, but he was using a little bit of sarcasm there to be like, guys, settle down. It's really not that big of a deal. And I thought to myself, Jesus, if that were J.R. Smith, you would have ran him out of the league three games. I just think there's something about Steph where it's he's not like a thug. And so, like, I, I think he gets special treatment. Um, well, there is right out of the gate superstar treatment. And I will say that I don't think Steph Curry is the best player on his own team, let alone in the NBA. But there's plenty of people who feel other than I do. Start, well, stardom's not always about who's the best, though. Right. Stardom can be, right. yeah, stardom can be a million things. And it, if nothing else, we do know that Steph Curry is a very marketable player. I mean, you see it in a million. You see him I in mean, a dude, he's got Under Armour. Right? He's got the Brita thing going. I mean, he's got a lot of things going. And if, if there's one protest that Casa de Antone participates in it's the Steph Curry protest. If he if he's the spokesperson for something, like I don't have a Brita water, water filter anymore. Like I went out and got like the generic Walmart one because I was like, screw that, I'm not giving them any more of my money. I don't want to buy those filters. So, so no Under Armour, no in your Under house. Armour, no 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 Brita. Um, he does a deodorant. He does Right Guard deodorant. I don't wear Right Guard anymore. So no, that's my that's my take a knee moment there of the of, of, of professional sports. No Infinity either. Um, I don't uh, I don't eat curry. Like I won't eat curry. Well, that's insane. He well, doesn't I'm just endorse curry you right there, dude. I'm just telling you how it is. He doesn't endorse it, but it makes me think about him. I hate him. Um, Chef Curry with the pot, yo. Um, but it, so I, I understand that there is going to be a little bit of, well, dude, he's a superstar. We're not going to do this. You keep saying JR, JR, JR. If this was LeBron, I think LeBron would get away with it. I think JR would get suspended. You think LeBron only gets fined for this? Yeah. Oh, LeBron, I don't. I think LeBron, I think him, I think Kevin Durant, I think James Harden, probably Russell Wills. Uh, I don't. Uh, I disagree. I think LeBron looks big, physical, scary. You know what I mean? Like like every description of uh, of every scared every victim ever. Big black guy with a gun. Like, like LeBron James looks like a big black guy. And I think, honestly, I think he instills more fear. Where Steph's little, 
And you know what I mean? And I think people go, ah, well, well it's Steph. And now, at the end of the day, would I be more intimidated by LeBron than I would Steph Curry? Of course. I mean, LeBron is a giant man, where Huge. Steph Curry is just kind of another dude. I mean, he's kind That's of That's why he's popular, boat. is because kids feel like, oh, I can do that. But I, 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 I stand firm that this is more of a superstar treatment hmm. than anything else. No, I wanted it to be more tawdry. Now, than if, if, if we were talking about like. If this was Ron Artest, and I mean, you have a pattern of, of yeah, behavior. Yeah, but you got a history there, right? right. I mean, so for, for this to be his second, like, infraction of anger, it's not necessarily, you know, the same thing there. It's not like, it's like he went up into the crowd and punched somebody. The fines in sports make no sense to me. What is $50,000 do to Steph Curry? Zero. Right. So where's Absolutely the incentive nothing. in right. not doing this again? Right. Well, and that's where, well, that's what I'm saying is I feel like a little bit more punishment there might have been the right move. Now, if he would have just thrown it, I would have been like, fine, the fine's over. But he threw it at an official, and that's different. It is. That is now, different. Golden State's trying to say, well, he threw it in the direction of the ref. He wasn't trying to throw it at the ref. It's like, dude, you were pissed at the ref not making the call. He's standing right there, and you whipped it in that direction. You were trying to throw it at the ref. Yeah, I don't think there's any debate on that. I mean, like, dude, look at the Cleveland Browns. They're trying to throw the ball to people all the time. They don't get it done. It doesn't mean that it wasn't intended for them, right? I mean, it's a fair point. I'm surprised. I See, I think LeBron would get a game. Because I think his superstar status would work the other way. But his is, that's when you're top dog. Curry's a top five. When you are the the face of the NBA. LeBron's the lightning rod of the NBA. You're right. You might get treated a little bit differently there because it's like, dude, you are our guy. You can't be doing that. You're right. Where Steph, where it's different, when you're when you're in the top five, top five versus the number one, it's a different position. I think LeBron would get a game suspension, maybe two, because you send a message to the rest of the league that we're not going to tolerate this from LeBron James, let alone the rest of you scrubs. Where I feel like Steph Curry kind of gets away with it because it's like, ah, he's Steph. He didn't really mean it. We all know Steph could, I mean, if he punches you, you wouldn't even feel it. And I feel like that's him getting let off the hook. And again, if you're going to find these guys money, then find them real money. $50,000 doesn't do much to Steph Curry. Like we said, he's making more money off the court with like his endorsements than he is with his NBA salary. If you're going to find them, then find them actual money. And he, here's right now, we actually have some actual money we're going to give to you. Here's your shot at $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a tight. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new stuff from Bush, new John Party, and new stuff from a band called Dankrupt. Their song is uh, California Every Day. I wonder if it's going to be about smoking weed. I bet it will have something to do with smoking weed. Dankrupt. I don't get it. It should be dankful. Yeah. I mean, last thing you want to be is dankrupt. I wouldn't think. That that would be what you're after. Maybe it's an anti-weed song. Maybe they come out and they're like, yo, the whole system needs to be dankrupted. Well, then let's not play it. <laughs> we uh, we will check out the dankrupt. All of that brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there in Northfield Park. A lot of good stuff going on at the Hard Rock, by the way. Oh, my God. D. Snyder's there, yeah. actually there, uh, I believe, this coming Friday. Yeah. And we're going to get you in yeah. momentarily. As a matter of fact, somebody then going to be picked for a meet and greet with D. Snyder. Wow. House of Hair's own, D. Snyder. Yeah. You think he's going to make a, a stop by the Rock on the 6-9 studios and we'll get him down here and do a little live house of hair, baby? <laughs> that would be cool. It would be. A little live house of hair? It wouldn't would be the be. worst. We'll see if the boss man can make that happen. Sending out emails to me, he can send out an email to D. Snyder, right? Right? You're a little unhappy <laughs> about that email from this morning, huh? That'll happen. I grew up in the 1980s, which is 
the urban legend era. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because there was no Google. Right. There was no like thing in your pocket that could prove people were wrong. So people could just lie. They could say whatever they wanted. They could exaggerate truths. And things just then spiraled. It wasn't like, nope, Snope says no five seconds afterwards. These things lived for years. And there was something... <sighs> I mean, it wasn't the same thing as like, quote unquote, fake news, but there was something like almost like special about it. Like you kind of knew that, especially as you got older, you kind of knew it was BS, but like you wanted to believe you wanted for those like for the scary old house to really be a scary old house. Right, Like somebody was killed there. Right. As opposed to somebody just, you know, got foreclosed on and hasn't been taking care of the lawn. And now it's like, no, dude, there's a monster in there. Every single town had the high school that had the girl that had the hot dog broken off. Of course. (laughs) Every every single high school had one of those. Like, the urban legend was big. And Halloween was huge for these. And one of the urban legends was, oh, my God, there's been razor blades and candy. And now, through the Internet and stuff, we have found out that there have been very few cases of that, 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 that honestly, that hysteria was just that. It was just hysteria. Right. There was nothing real behind that. Right. Now, that doesn't, in my opinion, mean like, well, just let those kids go ahead and eat whatever the hell they I want. I would out still of that search my case. kids' candy, for give sure. It, give it a good once over, but I don't think you necessarily have to be worried about somebody who, like, took a needle, dripped it into AIDS, and then, like, shoved it into a Milky Way. That doesn't seem realistic to me. <sighs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah, the, the AIDS needle in the Milky Way's there. Nah, it's not good. It's a hell of a diet plan. I, I you know what I mean? That would get, I would stop eating candy bars, Stan's maybe. just getting poked. He comes in with a new piercing. But now I think parents do got to be worried about candy that's been not even doctored. But I think you got to be worried about some of the candy that people are going to put in your kid's bag, maybe. Okay. There's a new item on the market, on the market, being sold like this, that looks innocent just like candy. But it's actually infused with a chemical compound originating in cannabis. CBD candies are legal to sell, Fantone, because they don't have THC, which is what gives marijuana its psychoactive effect. Right. We've often talked in the past about medical marijuana, and you've worried, like, they're going to come up with a pill that doesn't get you high, but it gives you all the same benefits. That's essentially what CBD is. Like, that's kind of in that realm of, like, you can take this, not get high, and it's supposed to give you everything that, like, you know... Edibles. Do. That's why I've always been. I'm like, dude, don't give me medical marijuana. Give me, give me legal recreational marijuana, so everybody can make a bunch of money and adults can continue to be adults. Fantone always says this best. It's perfectly in line with everything else we let you do. We let you drive too fast. We let you jump out of airplanes. We let you eat as much as you want. All that stuff's right. dangerous. Right. All that stuff is dangerous. Marijuana poses absolutely no more danger to you than any of that stuff. You've just bought like the reefer madness hysteria. But this candy looks like any other candy with colorful packaging, obviously, because that's how we sell everything is like bright lights and look at this and 99 cents, not a dollar. Yeah. But the only thing that distinguishes this from actual candy that you would let your kids have are three letters on it, which is CBD. And these are CBD tropical fusion gummies. Now, I'm willing to bet you're going to be able to see some CBD chocolate. There's going to be CBD this. And, you know, Linda Miller says here, my kids are not eating this candy for Halloween. And if I'm a parent, because of the edibles and the rise of edible stuff around the marijuana industry, I'm extra special taking a look at my kid's bag this year. Well, I guess the thing with, now, uh, listen, I wouldn't just start giving your child like random medications and being like, no, it's going to be fine. Everything is okay. But if your kid got into CBD candy, 
that's not nearly as bad as them getting into edibles. The whole point of CBDs is that you're not going to get stoned off of it. Right. Like, you're not. Like, I still wouldn't want my kids to have it. No, I mean, I, like I said, I don't want my kid just sucking down aspirin either, but, like, it's not nearly as like, much of a concern for me as it is, like... I don't know. I, I guess. I guess actual edibles would be more concerning to me. Oh yeah, for sure. If your kid got a CBD candy, it's like, all right. Well, you're probably. It's gonna be like a dude taking a mitol. It's not gonna do anything to you. You're not gonna die from that. No. I. I, I just. I would be worried about. I would. All right. I'll say this. I would want to know which house gave that to my kid. Of course. Of course. Right. And, but I mean. I think for the most part, if you are the type of person who's going to be into the CBD oils and, and extractions and stuff like well, that. probably a woman with hairy armpits. Well, I, I don't necessarily. And crystals on the rear view mirror. I don't necessarily view you. And this is, I guess, Ugh. me just going through stereotypes here of like, well, that's what I, I, just do. I don't necessarily view you as somebody who's like going to be maliciously like handing out drugs to children. That's not necessarily going to say that like. It's, it's not it's not advised to pass this stuff out to kids. No, it, when I think about handing like maliciously handing drugs out to children, I think somebody who wants to roofie a kid and bang a kid. You know what I mean? I don't view them necessarily as like, haha, I'm going to give them my edible. This eight year old's going to walk away, eat it, and then get stoned three hours later, and I'll never even know if it happened or not. You know what I mean? I think there are young people who would do it thinking that it's funny. I just I, I know that to be true. So as whereas in the eighties, do I think your kids had to really worry about razor blades and candy? No. But if I were a parent today, I would be on the lookout for this because it's everywhere now. Yeah, and I mean, of course, mistakes happen, and I guess it's like anything else. But like, I mean, just think about all the other ways that you hand your kids something, don't inspect it, and let them eat it right out of the right out of that drive-through. You're like, here's your nuggets and here's your sprite. Shut up. Here's your, you know, you're sitting there at Applebee's enjoying a two for 20 with your wife. And you're just like, yep, here's your little chocolate milk. And here's your chicken tenders. You don't look at any of that. Who's to say one of those waiters isn't slipping CBD oils into, 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 you know, kids food. They're thinking it's You're right. There's inherent trust that goes into the server patron relationship that shouldn't. That should not be. You don't deserve a living wage. You don't deserve $15 an hour. Now give me my food. I'm not going to, I'm not going to check it. I don't care. I trust you. And do everything properly. Make it all great. (laughs) Right. That's better not take more than six minutes to get out here. That's all fair. That's all fair. I have a couple of style tips here. Okay. Uh, for heavy set dudes like myself. Okay. That are um, that are worried about man boob showing. Okay. <laughs> and uh, right. no, seriously. And I, uh, I I I sometimes will worry about this. Sometimes I'll put something on, and I have a huge mirror in my bedroom, and I'll just kind of look at it and be like, Oh my god, look at the. Look at the breast on that dude. Jeez. Do you ever try to do the smooth down where you think you're going to smooth your fat off of you? Like, all right, if I just kind of keep rubbing it down, if I just keep rubbing it, all the fat's just going to leave. It's weird, dude. The other part of your body you rub, it gets bigger. But for some reason, you think if you rub your boobs, they're going to shrink. That's absolutely true. Yes, I have done the rub lie. The rub lie is worse. The slim down with pinstripes, they say. Most suits are naturally slimming because of their uniform color and texture. This creates an unbroken vertical line from neck to toe, says Mary Lou Andrei, uh, the editor of DressingWell.com. Narrow pinstripes do this even more efficiently. So they say uh, pinstripes will, will thin you out. Yeah, I mean, I do have a pinstripe suit. I don't like it as much as my other one, but I think suits in general slender you down. Oh, yeah, even do. if you're a big guy, sure. like, that's, that's a safe look. Dressing well just yeah. makes you look good no right. matter what your style is or how big your body is. They say watch out for white if you're a little heavy. When you wear white or light colors, your chest looks bigger. 
Matching your shirt choices to your eye or hair color won't make your chest appear smaller, but it's still sharp looking, they they say. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think lighter colors usually do make you look a little bit bigger, especially if it's like a polo shirt or something like that. I do feel like a little expansion there. They say find the right fit. Don't make the mistake of thinking because you're heavy that what you should do is baggy threads will hide all those flaws. There's nothing worse than putting on a piece of clothing, they say, with the intention of trying to camouflage part of your body only to see that area looking bigger because you're wearing something that's too big for you. Yeah, you see dudes wearing that 3X shirt trying to cover it up, and, and it's, it's like, like, yeah, it ain't working. Right. That ain't working. Bro, that's a drug dealer move. That's like, <laughs> dude, that's the only person that looks good on is that 80-pound-year-old kid on the corner. At the same time, they say, though, too tight clothing can be just as unsightly, and I agree. Like, the other day, I was driving down 6th Street, and there was a guy, and it was Sunday morning, and there was a guy and this girl walking across the street, and this girl had this tank top on, and I'm watching her walk across the street and she's reaching behind her trying to pull Ugh. it down it's like sweetheart you could yank that thing right. with a t- with, with, you could pull that thing with a tractor that shirt ain't coming down all the way and how do you not know that you shouldn't do that as a big person dude if i walked out and my shirt wasn't covering my belly i'd be like okay back to the closet too too big is the way to go on that if you're going to air one way or the other yes. go with clothes that are too big at least we won't have to see all that yeah. this is one of the most depressing things i've ever heard though okay. when you're trying to hide your man boobs They say, compress your problem. A compression shirt made for men is a functional base layer and smart first step towards concealment. Yeah, I mean, God, I just that makes me feel bad about myself. There's some, they've some I know they've got where it's just like the stomach one that'll compress you down like a girdle essentially for men. Jeez, um, but they do have like it's like it's like Under Armour, but even like tighter than that. And I think that just like sucks it all in there, and at least you don't look like you have. There have been many mornings where I've gotten dressed. Looked in that mirror in my bedroom and went, nope. And then those shirts now are still on the floor because I won't there. even take them to get the laundry done because it's like, why? You look awful in them. There are golf shirts I have sometimes where I'm like, Jesus. So sometimes I'll put on like an undershirt or maybe two to try to like hold the, oh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's hold the, let's hold the skin in. I mean, that's essentially what a compression shirt is. Yeah. is that it's just a, a stronger version of that. Do you feel like, do you feel like when you're looking in that mirror and you're like, Oof, is that usually belly or boobs? That's, that's like, Oof. Yes. Yeah, it can be either, depending on what I'm wearing or how I feel that day. Okay, so it's, it'll move around for the, you. The man boob thing is very depressing. It's ah. like, it feels awful. Like, it's just, and they say, honestly, a lot of people say that, dude, the older you get, if you're still using the marijuana products, that that's what leads to uh, that. You're probably just sitting around all day smoking dope, not doing anything. Not just sitting around, I'm playing Overwatch. <laughs> with your life. Um, I, don't, I don't feel like I have, like, man boobs, but sometimes I feel like in certain churches, I look nipply, and it's like, I'm like, geez, I, I want to wear something that kind of covers that. But I think for me, it's much more belly-related, where I'm like, dude, come on. Like, well, I will admit, buddy, that y- you have started to pack on the tire a little bit in the run of this show. Now, I know paychecks help. Having a girlfriend, you're not really Somewhere trying not to woo the ladies anymore. Your woman loves you no matter what. So it's like, yeah, dude, second helping, mashed potatoes, bring them on. I believe it. I know how it goes, but dude, we honestly... shirt is in my future, is what you're saying. Yeah, I, absolutely. You can borrow mine. I, when I look back on those photos of you and I when we started the show and we were both broke as hell, I mean, dude, we're both in, like, shape. Now, it was meth head shape, but it was a shape, for Christ's sake. School spirit has gone just a smidge too far in Maslin. We'll explain next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you guys, Stansberry here for North Kenton Collision. The folks you call... Rock 106.9. 
Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. Missed anything from yesterday's program? You can podcast it right there. Still to come is New Tour Tuesday at 9 o'clock. New Dankrupt, New John Party, and New Bush, all part of that this morning. Have you heard the New John Party? I have not. For the longest time, I thought the dude's name was John Party, like he liked to party, but no, it's Party. No, it's Party. Okay. You were like, what? What's the difference there, idiot? P-A-R-D-I. Okay. Is John's name. Okay. John's had a couple of hits. What I can't put down was a pretty damn good song. Um, he's had a couple off this last uh, heartache on the dance floor. It was a pretty big record for him. He's had a couple of hits. We'll see if uh, we'll see if he can do it again. And new Bush, this is war. I'll, uh, I'll revisit my personal Gavin Rossdale story for that. He was uh, he was unhappy with me. Walked out of an interview. I'll give you that story while we play the new Bush song. So it's a big week here in Star County. As McKinley takes on Maslin this coming uh, Saturday, it is, and actually you'll be able to find uh, you'll be able to find me and Rock 106.9. Actually, we'll be at the TD's Tailgate Girl in West Tusk from eleven to one that day. A little pregame party, makes sense. Two dollar Coors Light pints for that. Okay, making sense there, right? Yeah. Big football day Saturday. You got that. You got that game. Then you got Penn State at Ohio State. That'll be a big one too. Um, but you know, everybody is uh, in the area is on the edge of their seat waiting for this high school football game. As a matter of fact, you walk right down the street from where I live. There's a huge banner hanging over, uh, you know, uh, I believe the walkway right by the McKinley Grand. It says, you know, beat McKin- or, you know, beat Maslin. Right? Everybody's all into this game. Right. And school spirit is, you know, that kind of goes part, you know, goes hand in hand with this. So over the weekend, I guess they had decorated the school and people took issue with a few of the signs that, that, that were seen. And uh, this was Maslin School. One of, the, one of the banners calls McKinley students... Wannabe thugs who have bed bugs. Another states, Maslin will beat McKinley like they use food stamps often. It's kind of a clunky sentence there, but I don't get that one. I don't. I don't understand that one. I mean, you're saying like people in Canton are poor. <laughs> well, no, I get that, but we don't. I mean, are we just ceremonially like beating poor people? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get that that connection. Um, no, I think they're just saying that you know people can't use food stamps so often. It's like what happens more frequently: people can't use food stamps, or Maslin beats McKinley. I, so, uh, all right, I didn't read it that way, but okay, all right, that probably is what that what that means. Um, well, Maslin, brace yourself for this. You don't have any more money than Canton does, right? It's not like when I leave Canton, I drive through Mass, and I'm like, wow. All right, college degrees everywhere. Wow. I mean, dude, North, right? Like, out of of the entire area, North Canton's got the most money, right? Yes, in that general vicinity. uh, But let's. Sorry, Jackson. Let's not, let's not, let's not act like we're all not in Stark County here. And if you really think that, like, Stark County is an economic, like, central hub of Ohio, you're you're delusional. Yeah, I didn't get that one. You're you're, you're delusional. It's not like when I drive through Mass, I'm like, oh my god, I gotta upgrade. I gotta get in here. Right. It's the exact... It looks like Canton to me. It's the exact same town, just on a little bit smaller of a That's why you hate one another, because it's the same exact place, and you're right next to one another. That's where the hatred comes from. Cleveland, Pittsburgh. It's where that all came from, is that, like, man, these towns are so similar to each other. And yeah, what else are you supposed to build on right there? Um, I, there's a couple of different things. I, I, I definitely think that when it comes to the first sign, uh, wannabe thugs with with bed bugs, 
It's like, well, which one is it here? Is Canton so, like, dangerous that you don't want to go there and you're going to get murdered because there's all these gangs and shootings and everything? Or is it just a bunch of wannabe gangsters? You know what I'm saying? Because I think there's probably some pretty, pretty, pretty real G's in the Canton area, right? I would assume there's there's some there's some guys in, in McKinley who probably, who probably have done some things. So, like, I don't know. Is it dangerous or is it not? Because it can't be both there. Is this a race thing? Um, I think at least lightly. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily like. It's- I don't know. Is Maslin more white populated than Canton is? Um, neither one of them are. I don't know. Neither one of them are too different than each other. But I would say Canton's the blacker of the two cities for sure. It feels that way. Yeah. I don't know what's true, but I, it definitely feels that. Way. I, I, I would say both towns probably. Well, it's have, football. Have more of a heavy. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like I mean, okay, so now you're going to start making signs about about thin, or thinly veiled racism. I mean, but but you're certainly not going to have a problem with. What's them. McKinley right, say, dude? Right. It's football. We got the blacks. Like, there's sense. I. Uh, they took this down before students or more faculty got there. Like, I guess it was like the assistant principal was walking through the halls Monday morning before anybody got there. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, can't have that yanked to town. And I mean, I know the. What do I want to say? The, oh, 2017, everyone's outraged. Everyone's offended. Everyone's so butthurt about Yeah, but this is high school. Like, you do kind of kind of keep it in bounds. Right. I'm all for competition. I'm all for we're going to beat you. I'm all for that. But it is high school. Like, you can't, like, allow rhetoric to, like, fester in high school hallway. Especially with, like, the mocking. I mean, kids are forced to be there. Like, you can't force a kid to be there and then do that. Especially when you're mocking poverty. Because, like like you said, dude, there are people in Maslin who are food insecure. There are people in Maslin. and who don't have not only that my parents had to teach me this once growing up right because I grew up in Aurora Shores which and if you grow up near Twinsburg Aurora or whatever like Aurora Shores especially when I was growing up was considered to be like oh my god pretty damn nice yeah. it's nice in there pretty nice and that my, whole area is pretty nice I mean yeah yeah I mean, it's not the worst right. right and my parents would always say to me damn we don't have any money and I would say, what are you talking about? We live in Aurora Shores. And my parents would say to me, no, no, no. We live in Aurora Shores because we are willing to go broke to try to put you in an area where you have advantages. Like, this isn't, we don't live here because we can. We live here because we're honestly, we're pulling from every direction we can to keep you in a school district that's not terrible. And so, like, my parents had to teach me once upon a time that's like, dude, Dan, we're one, two checks maybe away from you living on the street. And I think if you're making, if you're going to school in Maslin and you're making the joke that kids don't have money, like, I hate to break it to you, dude. Your parents probably don't have a lot of money either. I mean, you can only assume if you're a kid at Maslin and you're on reduced lunches because your family's on WIC or food stamps or whatever it is, and you're walking into that school and you see that, like, I get it. Like, you're just trying to make fun of McKinley, and that's to be encouraged this week. There is a little bit of that. But, like, dude, I don't know. To me, and obviously to Maslin as well, to Washington High School there, uh, poverty's not something to, like... I mean, dude, you're, you're a 16-year-old. What am I supposed to do, man? Like, my, my, my parents are poor. Yeah, it, it, that, that's a rough way to make fun of somebody for their parents not having money. It's not your fault. You don't pick your parents. A lot of people don't get to pick their jobs either. Like, some people just have to go to work because that's just the way it is. I agree with the principal. If you're going to have these posters, and I'm all for it, have them all over the school. I believe in school spirit. I believe in this. I think it's important. But let's keep it football related. Let's not necessarily go cheap insult when we're talking high school kids here. And again, you can join me as I'll be at the TDs on West Husk from 11 to 1 this Saturday pregame for this. This is the first time in my radio career that I'm hosting a party pregame for a high school game. It's just, I mean, I'm telling you, like this is, 
this is the first for me, and this area is like they you guys like high school football more than the rest of the country. You just do. No other place have I ever lived. Even like I talk about this all the time. Even in Cleveland, Ed's Ignatius is a big game, but outside of that, nobody cares Friday night who's playing who. I was at Buzzman three weeks ago with my buddy Dustin. Him and like six of his buddies were all crowded over one cell phone trying to find out all the scores of Friday night game. I was like, man, it is. It's just different here. It's ingrained here. And it honestly, it makes us special on some level, and I like it. There's something there's something I really like about it. That, and I believe it's the one high school game you can bet in Vegas. And I bet football. I may have to bet. I feel so weird betting on high school kids. I feel very strange about that. But I probably will bet that game. We'll get you hooked up with $1,000, and you get New Tour Tuesday. All of that's out next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. About to start New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. Actually, you know what? Coming up here shortly, we will send you to the Hard Rock this coming week to see Dee Snyder. Cool. One and only Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister. We'll get you into that show, possibly even a meet and greet. You're new to the program. This is the way it works. We play a couple of different songs. We vote on them. We bar no format here. And we even uh, occasionally like to play some local stuff. So if you're in a local band, singer, songwriter, maybe even a rapper, DJ, send me your stuff, stansberrywrqk.com. Include a bio on the band. Short little uh, track there. Make sure it's radio edited. And we'll get it on for you and uh, let you know whether or not you're any good. Fantone found this band yesterday while perusing the internet. Uh, their name is Dankrupt. And the song is called California Every Day. We assume this is about weed. I would I think it's a safe assumption right here. There it is. Yeah, get the funky bass line in there. Uh-huh. How many of these dudes do you think have dreads? All of them. I'll take the over on whatever the number is. <laughs> well, wait a minute. It's a song about California. You gotta give the Chili Peppers the, their their due well, there. You do. I mean, nobody has said California in a song more than the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nobody. Oof. All right. Yeah, he's got him feeling right sublime. Yeah, no, 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 no. Blew it. You blew it. Worst band in history. Close second, bankrupt. <laughs> If you're from California and you don't live in Southern California, you have to 
hate these people. I mean, anywhere above, like, what is that? Private cutoff point. LA. LA. Anything above that? Like, once you start moving into further into, into mid-California, just like, oh my god, shut up with your stupid rap rocks. Shut up with your stupid well, reggae. Because like. it's, a, it's no longer California. California, of what you think of it is, really is LA South. Anything north of LA, it becomes like a, any other state. When I when I lived in Fresno, and I would always like laugh at people because Fresno doesn't get a shout out in California love, and I was always like, dude, that really really sucks for us here. But like, it's it's everyone has this like fantasy of this like, well, you know, if I can just get to California, all my dreams will come true. Well, everyone in California, what had are your dreams? Paying they, too much for rent? They had that dream at some point, and their dreams did not come true. So now they're just stuck in California, working some crap job, paying too much for rent. Exactly. Yeah. Dude. It's not like it's awful. It's it. Leads the nation of millionaires, yes, but it also leads the nation in homeless people for a reason. Yeah, there's a reason. It's so much money. I've moved there twice and moved out of there twice. I do miss California occasionally, though. I miss the idea of it. I don't. I don't think I miss. I like don't miss it. it to the point where we're like, oh, man, I'd like to go live there again. But give me a week vacation in Santa Monica, and either that I'd be all right with that. Malibu's nice. La Jolla's great. Fresno's awful. Yeah, Fresno is awful. <laughs> it is. Sacramento. Eh, actually, Sacramento gets a bad rap. That's not, it's actually not the worst city. This is new Dankrupt. Probably the last Dankrupt. I would assume, like... All their uh, all their song titles, all their albums are all like weed puns, like Dankenstein and like just stupid stuff like that. I just Jesus. nonstop. It's like the new Cottonmouth Kings. Oh yeah, it kind of does sound like KMK right there. God, dude, when you're when you're the second version of Cottonmouth Kings, right? Oh, terrible. Those guys. The third, the third, you got Cottonmouth Kings. Hollywood Undead, and now Dankenstein. Uh, yeah, that's who this re- that's who this band reminds me of. It reminds me of Hollywood Undead. Right now, people are going, "Who the hell's Hollywood Undead?" They had one song called Undead. At least Hollywood Undead was a little bit like more aggressive. This is much more reggae. This is much more. They were in your face. Yeah. They were they were thuggish. It's the same sound, though. You're right. I, mean, I actually had a great night with those guys, the Hollywood Undead guys. We got hammered after their show at Peabody's. I remember moving to California and I was like, dude, it's just going to be like palm trees and blonde chicks everywhere. No, no, I got there. No, it's honestly all it is is billboards and Hispanic chicks. It's there's no palm trees or or blondes. Oh, 
Oh, is that just my, my headphones just cut oh, out there? Jeez, you're lucky. <laughs> Good for you, dude. That's uh, new stuff from Dankrupt. The song's called California Everyday Fans. Don't give me the vote. There. It's a turn. Oh, there was a lot of bad things happening in that song. The singing, the playing, the writing, pretty much everything about that song sucks. So I'm going to call it a turd. I would agree. That song was really bad. That song is a turd. It's a turd. I feel so bad about that that we're going to give you guys $1,000 for listening right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword cash to 200-200. You'll get a text. In the middle of New Turd Tuesday, I already played you the new Dankrupt. We both voted major turd on that, but some members of the audience liked it. This guy says here, I love this California song. I have zero interest in weed or having dreadlocks at all, but this song is awesome. Oh, jeez. So you're not even a stoner and you like that song? Good grief. Yeah, that's, that's rough there. At least if you're like, dude, I'm so high, my face feels like it's melting off, and I've got a Bob Marley shirt on, and I, I'm a white dude with dreads, then maybe I understand. But what, what are you talking about? Much like yesterday when I was telling people that a band was wildly overrated, Bob Marley, wildly overrated. Wildly. The next song for New Tour Tuesdays. This is your country artist John Parties had a couple of hits underneath his bed, uh, underneath his belt. Heartache on the dance floor was pretty big for him. What I can't put down was pretty good. But dirt on my boots. That's dirt John on my Party boots. Song I know. That uh, dirt on, on my now, boots. That was, that was that was a that was a pretty good song out of John Party. There, he's got a new one called "She Ain't in It." Slow thing down a little bit. Yeah, taking around. This guy's got floor. a real southern voice. Appreciate your call. He's got that draw. Oh, yeah, he's got a little bit of hang to him there. Oh, he's got a real like, draw, yeah. yeah. Appreciate your call. Means a lot, no. Yeah, I got a minute. Spinning around on that dance floor. You and me can talk about anything you want. Long as she ain't. Okay. Say it's been at least a month since I've had any fun. Buddy, I'll admit it. Yeah, I'm into going out. Think I'm ready for a crowd. Long as she ain't in it. Okay, now I get it. Don't wanna hear her name. I don't wanna see her face. I swear. bit of a push for his local range. We could hit that place down by the interstate, out past the city limits. Hang out all night long, hear a country song. Everyone's been there before, right? Oh, yeah. Especially after you break up and it's like you guys live in the same city and you're just sitting there desperately hoping, like, God, I do not want to see her. Break up in a small town. I believe believe that's what Sam Hunt was talking about. I believe Sam Hunt was talking about that. But that is true. Yes. Definitely, song has a bit more of an authentic country sound. A lot of his stuff does. Just as you listen to the diversity of the strings alone, kind of gives it a little bit more than your average pro country song. I would agree. Don't wanna hear her name. I don't wanna see her face. I swear. I 
at the bar, dude. Oh, it's the worst. You, you just look awful. You know you do. Yeah. You've gained 60 pounds. She still looks great. She's now dating somebody else. Happy. You want to kill yourself? Yeah, welcome to my Friday night. That was awesome. I can drink and I can dance. I can party, I can laugh. But no matter how you I think you might like John Party, Fantone. I think, honestly, if you go back and listen to his first, again, dude, I keep mentioning it. His song, What I Can't Put Down, yeah. is like every guy's anthem because okay. it's just who guys are. Everything has changed. My life won't be the same as long as she Reminds me a little bit of Justin Moore. They're very much similar kind of guy. Write the same kind of songs. Sound a little similar. Really, really southern sounding. Well, John's from California. But like we were talking about, you get outside of L.A., California's farm country. Yeah. And so it's middle of nowhere. It's very hillbilly. It's uh, honestly like people have a misconception of what California is. Yeah. I mean, it's just like New York where you automatically assume every time you say New York, it's New York City. No, get upstate. It's a different state. It's completely different. Yeah. This is one of those moments where I like it. I'm not sure it's a hit record. Oh, it's not a hit record. I don't think it's too. It's too. Like I it's, said, it's it's spinning around the dance floor, and that's not what country is anymore. Yeah, it's it, it's a little hayridey. Yeah, for you yeah. know what I mean for for what's a hit record today, Fanto. Give me the vote there. Eh, it's <laughs> half a turd. Don't think it's a hit record. I'm going to agree with you that there's. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a place on country radio for that. They, oh, it'll they, get played. They burn records on those stations, unlike anyone else on the face of the planet. But um, it, I, there's something I do like about that guy's voice. There's something I like about the diversity. I just don't think that and that's for most country fans. So I'm going to call it half a turd. I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to call it half a turd. Eh, it's <laughs> half a turd. I liked it. I don't think it'll be a huge record for him. And it definitely, I don't think, will have the success he's already had with a couple of his songs. But if you even remotely like that, I'm telling you, check out some of uh, some uh, his stuff, Anton. I think you'll dig John Party. We have new Bush for you and also D. Snyder tickets. You'll get hooked up with both. That's next on Rock 106. End of New Year Tuesday. I already played you the new Dankrupt. We voted turd on that one. Both of us unison there. Then John Party, she ain't in it. We both voted half a turd on that. Didn't think the song was bad. Just didn't think it was going to be a smash hit for him. Uh, the song was actually okay, just not... Smash it material, I don't believe. And we have new Bush for you now. This song is called This Is War. Obviously, Bush coming out with a new album, tour, all that stuff. I would imagine so. Okay. It's a band I've always liked a little bit. I think I am. Um, you go back to 16 Stone, that album was so good. And then yeah. they, whatever the album was that had like the chemicals between us, I really like that. Good stuff. Um, I they had that in winter song or or whatever it was um off one record from like five years ago thought that was really good like I just like this band. Sound like him, 
You know what I mean? Really? I think I would have known it was him, but it's not. it doesn't sound exactly the way he used to. I would agree with that. Is it me or is this not produced well? Might be the studio. I don't know what you're talking about. I think everything at this radio station is just perfect. You're right. That doesn't sound like him. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like somebody's like like a bad Bush cover band's. Up You're there right. That stage. doesn't sound like him that much at all. He hates me. Gavin Rossdale does not like me. I'll give you that story here in a minute. That was a pretty weak chorus. Yeah. Honestly, you know what it makes me want to do? Listen to 30 Seconds to Mars version right. of, a, of a song called This, which is really good. out in that like second wave of like the British invasion. It was like them and the Stone Roses and like all that stuff was started to get popular all around that time and it was actually a, it was a good music movement that was happening. I love the Stone Roses. Yeah, they existed in that weird time between like grunge. Is it Seattle? Is it not? Right, yeah. And, and, and grunge and, and rap rock. Yeah, they kind of like were a band aid between grunge and like Papa Roach. They were a good bridge for that. Yeah, just honestly, it doesn't sound produced well. He doesn't sound great. Yeah, I mean, he really strained on that last note. It's like, dude, get back in there and record that again. This guy on Twitter is telling me if he didn't know this was Bush, he would have thought it was Trapped. Okay. Yeah, I guess I could hear that. Which Trapped probably is kind of just one of those bands that listened to Bush when they were younger. And, and saying, like, how right, do we do we, this? We could, we could make this band. Let's yeah, copy good, this. Yeah, I could see that. This is a bore, is more like it. Like, I still love Little Things. Like, when I hear Little Things off a of 16 Stone, that's a song. If that comes on the radio, I'm turning it up. I love that song. Musically, this song doesn't suck. I feel like there's some cool things going on, but it just it doesn't add up into anything. For everything that's going on right now, if you release me a song called This Is War... 
and it can emotionally pull things out of right, me and I can't right, feel it, right. then then you've done it wrong. This is Yeah, Bush's strong suit isn't aggression. It's not. I mean, they're not an aggressive band, I don't feel like. I don't feel like they're like a, when I no. listen to them, I'm not ready to punch somebody in no, the face. No, he was more melodic, right. if anything. Musically, that's all okay right there. I mean, it's okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, it's what you signed up for. Too soon? Too soon? There's new Bush. This is war. Phantom, give me the vote there. It's a turn. Had low expectations, but that song didn't even get over those, man. I mean, I, I like Gavin Rosdale for the most part as a singer, but uh, that was he was the worst part of that song, and that was not a very good song, so that's a turn. I'm going to vote turd as well. It's a turn. And I have a few minutes here, so I'm going to tell you my Gavin Rosdale story. Right. So I was, uh, I, I was interviewing Gavin once upon a time when I was doing afternoons, and... Um, he came in to play, and it's, I believe it's when he had like a solo band that he was doing. I don't even think it was Bush. I think he tried to do like that solo band thing for a while. And he came in, and we had about, I think it was like 25, 30 listeners got to come in and like watch him play and like ask him questions and stuff. That's cool. And so like, I, yeah, smart. no, that was, a, that was a very smart idea. Smart, play a little acoustic there. I like that. And uh, so they had me like kind of conduct an interview with him. And at the time, he was married to Gwen Stefani, who I hate. I I find Gwen Stefani's music to be annoying. I find her look to be annoying. I find her personality to be annoying. I hate when people try to cram down my throat how hot she is, because I just don't see it. And, dude, no doubt was awful. I mean, they were awful. And he was, like, in Gwen Stefani's panties all the time, right? And I think they were married, even. And... So the questions get to me, and I. This is back before Tinder and Twitter and Facebook and like all this social networking stuff, right? And there was a time in radio where your boss wanted you to make the rock star mad, make the rock star leave the studio, storm out. It'll get covered by all the trades. Your show will be all over the news. It's good. As a matter of fact, they had me shine a light once in Maynard's face while he was performing on stage, trying to get him to leave the stage. That's, I mean, like, that's how radio used to be played. It was cutthroat like that. And so my boss was like, dude, piss Gavin, Gavin Rossdale off. Like, make this dude really mad. And I was like, okay. And you tell a guy like me to make somebody really mad, it's like, well, dude, I have the ability to cross the line pretty easily. So, like, is this really what you want? So the question comes to me, and I ask Gavin Rossdale. I said, dude, I'm a huge fan. I, I, I love the band. I love all the music. I'm interested in what made you write songs I like. But I have to ask you this question first. And he was like, okay. And I said, Gavin, are you a pedophile? And he said to me, what? What are you talking? And dude, his, like, his PR team was like freaking out. And I said, well, Gwen Stefani has the body of a 10-year-old boy. I feel like I can buy it at like the wood section of Home Depot. Like, how could you be attracted to her? She looks like a 10-year-old boy. 
And he stood up and was like, interview over, and stormed out. I've never seen a guy get so mad. Maybe when we asked Rob Zombie why he smelled like pee, maybe Rob was more mad. But Gavin Rossdale was very unhappy with that question. He did not like that. Swore he would never do another interview with the radio station ever again. And to my knowledge, he hasn't. So, my little story with Gavin Rossdale. He was screaming obscenities at me as he was walking through the building. I mean, he was furious mad. My boss thought it was the greatest thing ever. He did not like me. Teresa has your next opportunity at $1,000. She will get you hooked up with your next keyword at 10 after 10. Aside from that, this show's done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have an awesome afternoon. See you.